Hi, my name is Holly. That's Rooney. And please enjoy me and Nevi talking for an hour and cute puppies. Good boy. Okay. So, just so you know, this is being recorded for for quality assurance. <laughs> Mike, Jake, Mike, one, Nevi, two, four, please, one, two, this four, is not four. a podcast. I want to cut train from Moscow to Vladivostok. It took me seven days. Wait, it's not. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, I may have I may have to teach you time zones again. No, I knew. I I I googled uh, CST time <laughs> yesterday, and I I saw that it was seven hours behind, and I knew it would be seven p.m. my time, but. I got delayed at work and then I came back and I had to call my parents because <laughs> Okay, my dog. He's still he's still in this he's still in the same spot. He's still mad. Ready? Oh. <laughs> But why why can't you let him out though? I mean, I can. He he just he won't sit still. Uh-huh, He'll just okay. wander in and out and cry because I'm on the balcony, so But he can't really go anywhere, right? You you live a- you live above You live in at an elevation. I mean, right? Yeah, because I I don't have any pets, but I happen to oh, <laughs> I happen to watch a lot of dog videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. and yeah, usually that's where my knowledge about pets come from, and, and I read through the comments in this. And I recently I've been watching this video about I don't know how to pronounce it. So, I think it's a breed of dog called Shiba Inu something like that. Shiba Inu. Yeah, they're yeah, popular exactly. okay. in Japan. Yeah. They're they're so cute. And they're uh, so cute. apparently I, I I learned in the comments that uh, they have they all, always have to be on leash because they kind of escape if you let them uh, free. Well, I mean, I guess it depends cuz any dog can escape if you don't have it on a leash but they're popular in asia so that may be more of like an asian culture thing where you know everything is metropolitan so you have to keep your dog on a leash regardless of what dog it is but i don't know it could be their character trait like they always wander or something they're really popular in japan i think they originated in asia or maybe japan and they used to like worship them they were like I don't know the dogs that the emperors had for a while, and they're all I know is they're ador- adorable. Okay, so uh, yeah, that that that's a nice segue. Y- your knowledge of dogs is it just from experience, or have you, uh, you know, <laughs> have you put an effort to you know pick up well, knowledge I, from? I dogs, I dog sit. So, I mean, I have dogs that. for a long time like mm-hmm. when i started driving in high school i started watching um dogs for people like when they went out of town so i've just kind of made like a good second business i guess off of that so i've had experience with a lot of dogs i haven't sat for every dog there's you know hundreds of breeds but yeah. you kind of learn like the different personalities i guess and the different traits of dogs and you know like how to adapt to certain behaviors and then you just get interested in dogs i guess um we go to the dog park all the time so i have experienced like a lot of different kind of dogs we've always had golden retrievers so obviously mm-hmm. i have the most experience with golden retrievers um but so you've had a I also pet just since love dogs. a very young age mhm yeah um, so we've always had dogs 
always. So the, there's, we had a cat one time, but mm-hmm. yeah, we had a cat one time, but my mom found out she was allergic, so we had to get rid of the cat. Um, and then we got golden retrievers, and we then my dad used to breed them. So um, we had puppies like all the time at one point because we would breed them, and our our female would have like a litter of puppies, and then we'd have to sell them or get rid of them, you know, which is the purpose, I guess. But it was really sad as a kid. It was a good and a sad thing to have as a kid because like you had puppies all the time but then you had to let them go yeah so that was really sad mm-hmm. um and then we stopped breeding so we just always had goldens we had like four at one point we had three three but then one there was a golden that showed up in our yard and we tried to find the owner like we searched for a good few months like we put up um you know signs and we got the word out this was kind of before social media you couldn't just like say hey i found this dog on facebook yeah. you know um, but go we put couldn't up find the owner on every tree you f- on the street and yeah. things like that. So I think, I think he wandered into our yard because he saw dogs like him because he looked like one of our, our goldens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just kept him. So we ended up with four goldens and then whew, the wind. And then when I like started living on my own, I got my own golden. So I've had probably in my lifetime, like as pets, I've probably had eight Goldens now. Oh. We had Breezy, Sunny, Wendy, Misty, Cheyenne, Mason, Rooney, Stanley. We've had a lot. So, a lot of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of doggies. <laughs> but always just one, right? Or have you had more than one at a time? Okay, not including the puppies. I've, had more, I've had more than one. Yeah, we had four at one point. Like four adults. Four adults, okay. Which, so um, how is it like? I mean, a, a yeah. house full of dogs and all, you know, I imagine them with full of energy just jumping well, around and it's just, must be a lot of chaos. Yeah, sometimes, but we had like a lot of land where we lived on. So there was like three acres. I don't know how to measure acres. If y'all measure in acres, I don't know how no, to like convert acres, that. Yeah. But it was a good chunk. Yeah, it was a good chunk of land for enough dogs. Um, I mean, there's a lot of dog hair because they shed. Some dogs don't, but Golden shed. Yeah. So you just had to get used to having dog hair everywhere and like in your mouth and stuff. But um. what about training, though? I mean, do they do you do the does the uh, mother train and then you take over? I, I have no idea. I've never had a pet. So no. just ask. Some, no, these, you, it might be it sound res- like a really silly question, but just human. Me. It's not you. You're responsible for training them. I mean. Um, you don't ha- necessarily have to go and spend money, but there are training classes. There's videos now on YouTube where you can like do it from your own home. Okay. Um, there's certain techniques that work. Um, but then again, every dog trainer thinks that um, another dog trainer is doing something wrong. There's really no right or wrong way to train a dog other than like abusing your dog, which is not, you know, okay, but you have to train them. Um, and it, and it doesn't have to always be like a formal thing. They may just learn from, you know, their routine, like don't get on the couch and you constantly telling them not to jump on the couch, not to jump on the couch, pushing them off the couch or, you know, things like that. Um, but then some people do like use training classes or an actual trainer themselves. Like my family member has a hunting dog, Mm-hmm. And he sends her to another state to a specific trainer that trains the dog himself. Okay. And then he sends the dog back. I mean, there's some things like that. If they have a specific purpose, you know, um, there's a lot of formal things like that. Like if they're going to be a 
special needs dog or a service dog, then um, that's something that actually requires like legit obedience. You know, um, you just reinforce with good behavior and like treats and stuff. You know, sit. Sit is the easiest thing to learn. I have a video I can send you of me teaching Rooney how to sit within hours of getting him the day that I got him. Um, and it's so adorable, but it's, you know, it's fairly easy as long as you're not expecting a lot of, a lot of stuff at first, you know, you have to keep working at it and, um, it doesn't happen like within a few weeks you have to keep, you know, motivating them and stuff. But if it's a hunting dog or if it's a special kind of need or service, then yeah, you really have to spend some money, um, to get them to be trained. What, what do you think is the effort that goes into, you know, these uh, competitions where the dog just goes through hoops and jumps and stuff, you know, these all these elaborate competitions. Agility. Yeah, right. So Agility training. Yeah. So are there sp- uh, specific I mean, schools that, that the dogs are sent to? Or? I think so, yeah. Um, some people like... I mean, of course, there are hilarious job. videos where the dogs don't obey. Those are really funny, but then there also are these <laughs> and one of them, awesome videos where the dogs just are really good with going through the obstacle course and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's something that you'd send to like a training course or mm-hmm. not every owner is actually the handler in those types of things. Like the person that's running them through the agility course isn't usually the actual owner of the dog. It's usually the handler the trainer Mm. um so the owner is probably sitting in the stand somewhere you know just watching but yeah they usually send their dogs off to like a specific class or course or training to learn to do that and it's not just you know any dog can do that either the dog has to have kind of a mentality to do that Mm. um that's why you see like a lot of border collies a lot of aussies a lot of jack russells those dogs uh notoriously come with like a lot of energy Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see like a lot of common, um, scenarios where they're in those agility courses. There's one video I saw where a bulldog was doing, um, an agility course and everyone thought it was kind of a joke. Like he was going to be really bad at yeah. it because bulldogs don't really, um, have that energy. You don't really see bulldogs doing agility courses. Um, cause they're kind of like a ho-hum, like lazy kind of dog. Don't really mm-hmm. have good joints or good movement. But he was really good at it. So it was like a showstopper. Um, the crowd was really like surprised because this bulldog was like killing it, going through all the courses. So that just comes with good training. And it and it's partly, you know, the dog has to want to do stuff like that. Right. You know, Rooney's kind of lazy. Um, <laughs> he's just chilling. So he might not be the best candidate for like agility stuff. But if he was super hyper all the time and needed an outlet, you could send him to agility training if you wanted to spend the money on it and, you know, turn that into something. But I heard you mention a few breeds that you said are common for these kind of competitions and stuff. So is it like there are certain breeds that are smarter than the others or? Are they mm, sometimes, breed? yeah, I think, you know, it. I don't know if it technically comes with smartness. It, you know, it's just that drive. Like a lot of dogs have a different drive to do so they're easily certain more things, di- and that di- comes with easily disciplined and stuff like that. Yeah, easier to to train for those types of things. I think poodles are um, known for being really intelligent. I mean, dogs in general are intelligent. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's you know one that's dumber than the other, but I think poodles oh, are generally that? really I smart mean, across the species that could be one species i don't know i mean 
Or maybe it, I don't it hear, depends I don't on hear the, too many good things about chihuahuas, but I don't classify them as dumb either. But you don't hear too many good things about chihuahuas. But generally, I think people go for like Labradors, German Shepherds, um, Ma- uh, Malinois, Belgian Malinois, Goldens. You know, they have like, those are dogs that have over decades have had always a job mm-hmm. in some regard, like, you know, police work or service work or agility. It's always kind of been in the same families of dogs. And so maybe not necessarily if it's intelligence or just popularity in general. They just pr- probably seen as smarter. Maybe, I don't know. But how do you think this kind of, uh, they're not exactly um, stereotypes, right? Like you said, Chihuahuas are, you know, they have uh, a short temper or uh, German Shepherds Mm -hmm. and uh, Labradors are preferred for these, you know, these uh, not not exactly military, uh, sort of defense and service dogs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So how is it that a certain breed is associated with a, a kind of a temperament or attitude or mm-hmm. like you had you said you had eight uh you have had eight uh golden uh, retrievers over mm-hmm. your yeah but have you noticed mm-hmm. any i mean are were they all the same kind or do you had temperament yeah exactly or or anything attitude or, mm. or intelligence or yeah changes. The, the one that we had that we kind of like adopted that wandered into our yard and we didn't you know, we didn't start off with him. He was really timid and really shy. We think he had like an abuse situation because mm-hmm. um, if we would like sweep the floors, he was terrified of the broom. He was terrified of a lot of loud noises. So we really think he came from like an abusive household. But for the most part, they all had like good, um, you know, good obedience and good kindness. And they were all generally really sweet, not aggressive, uh, males and females kind of alike they were protective one of our females like protected my stepmom one time from a rattlesnake that showed up in the yard she uh, she tried to eat the rattlesnake <laughs> but um i mean they were all pretty same temperament i mean and, and that's not always you know i've seen yeah. aggressive golden retrievers rooney's been attacked by an aggressive golden retriever before um but that comes with not just not necessarily the breed itself but i mean dogs communicate so differently yeah, so it, um, like just like ter- humans there's so territorial dogs also have yeah. their own character and it develops yeah as so they it's grow. not necessarily something that can be associated with the breed okay or yeah maybe, it's probably maybe just upbringing the you know? humans they live with could also have an influence Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that dog was kind of adopted. I mean, he obviously came from a really bad household. We had to really do some, you know, kind, quiet gestures for a long time mm-hmm. to get him to trust us when we put his food bowl down, and you know, to a lot of things before he really got comfortable and you know would actually just lay in the same room as our other dogs. Because when we started, you know, just taking care of him, he wouldn't be in the same room as anybody. He would have to be in a separate room. He was too scared to be around anybody. It was really sad. Um, but eventually he got there and he was a great dog. I mean, he really was after, gosh, this was so many years ago, but I mean, after he kind of got over that, um, he was a really good dog. So I just remember the, the, the speed at which you rattled off the, your, the names of your pets. This is something that you told me a while ago that you 
knew the the number pi to 100 decimal places or something i'm not going to yeah that yeah that's not i'm not going to, to narrate i i could do it to 60 i could do it to 60 right now no, I, i don't want you to As do that. i just have one question you have to why yeah i mean <laughs> so in co- in college i had this professor my algebra professor he's a really good teacher he put on the board on the first day of class that we needed you know they gave you kind of the syllabus i don't know i mean every college is different but he gave us like a synopsis of what kind of the path we would take and what each week we would focus on and and one of the things he wanted us to learn was pi to 100 places and we thought he, he wanted joking, you he, was, he wanted you guys to learn it yeah he wanted so it was to, it was like was, a task for the entire class or something yes it was yes but we thought it was a joke we thought cuz he was kind of a funny guy he was notorious for being like a kind of a sarcastic teacher so we thought it was a joke so no and he didn't really focus on it he put it on the syllabus but he didn't actually like say you guys need to learn so we thought oh this guy's joking um but for giggles i tried to cuz i like memorizing things okay um so but i didn't really focus on it or much but then on our final exam there was a bonus question for 10 points on our final exam and it was list pi to 100 places and for every 10 that we got correct he would give us a point and i only got to like i think 40 or 50 at that point but then it made me like motivated to actually want to learn pi to 100 places so there are some people who know it to 200 300 i mean you never use it for anything but yeah exactly um, <laughs> But, but it's it's a fun party trick like 3.14159265358977323284626432653893271690590580 I get lost after that you know it's I think anyway, I know it but. to nine places but then yeah that that's enough for engineering problems usually It's and, it's easy if you think about it. At least this is how I think about it. This is how I think about anything if I'm memorizing it, but the numbers are actually kind of sequenced themselves already together. So you got 3 point and then you've got 1415926535. Like the numbers kind of if you think about it, they kind of like match each other. They have a similar number yeah. in their group. So 1415 and then you get that yeah, I mean one, once nine, you two. sit down to act with the with the motivation to learn mm-hmm. the number then i guess yeah it's easy to find patterns yeah. and it's kind of easy then it's 6535 and it's 1415926535897932348426262 okay okay so, <laughs> i got that <laughs> so it yeah. was fun learning it i think for me at least i don't know i'm kind of weird like that but That's my Is there any anything It's else like that like you you remember like that you can you said you you like memorizing things so Oh and I'm at ABC's backwards Okay and ZYXWTSRQPONMKJHTFBCPA Oh wow you finished And then and then I had and then I had the presidents but I had a had a teacher in high school actually make us learn that and it was really stupid um it was like washing a mat we had to do it he had a weird technique for it which i thought was stupid but it was like washing adams jefferson mass blah 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 and like i'm i don't know this is too much for me my next so goal you, was probably you, learning like all the you have like okay 45 that's a lot right 45 presidents okay you had 45 yeah yeah but do you think kids these days would remember uh, would even bother to learn the pi because they they have calculators and and 
all these big i yeah, i, I so watch these uh, videos of uh, jimmy kimmel and on the street where he asks random people uh, walking around like uh, can you list five presidents of uh, america or, or even the, yeah. can, can yeah, just show really a map and great, then, can you just point out 10 countries or something and and they're most young adults and even kids i see in that those videos and videos in general on youtube are not able to it could just be kind of the way that i don't know the coursework is now cuz we we never had you know anyone tell us what's the 23rd president of the united states like we never had that we learned like you know timelines in history and stuff so mm. it may just be every state's school curriculum is different people in california probably have a different level of what we learn in mississippi we're kind of my state's kind of a notorious for being but do you think maybe google has kind of dumbed helped us yeah us down probably yeah to the point it's where an, because it's an prior to google the, you, every fact that you wanted to find out you'd have to go to the library or just open mm-hmm. find out the right encyclopedia open it and browse through it and learn but now it's just like the whatever you want to know you just type and then in seconds you have um, the answer yeah i mean technology's i think helped and hurt us in, in some regard but then you have to think like in the 70s and 80s did they you know did they have as many luxuries or many, as many capabilities as we did you know and we've definitely been able to like take advantage of what we do have as far as technology but it also um i think has taken away the want to yeah. know everything when i can just google right now how to make a cake you know without a box recipe okay yeah Th- those Whereas, are good you know, but i meant in the in the way that like the skill that you have as in it's memorizing things uh mm-hmm. i remember we i had a friend when this is back in uh, high school this is uh, early 2000s when they were we didn't have cell phones and there obviously no smartphones and uh, everybody uh, had uh, these landlines in their homes right and mm-hmm. landlines had uh, like phone numbers of <laughs> bit- bless you oh bless you holland uh, sorry <laughs> and landlines had phone numbers of between 6 and 8 digits he had the numbers of every person in the class memorized and i i i'll be honest i had maybe five or six close friends and i, I had these numbers memorized the we people. used to have this address book yeah. where we you know had would note down all these numbers but now we don't need to do that anymore you just hmm. maybe say hey siri or okay google and you just call out the name and the phone dials so you don't even need to remember the numbers anymore mm-hmm. maybe even someone like you who has the skill to memorize would not put an effort to do it anymore the the person never realizes that they have a skill like this yeah well there it's, it's taken away the need to <laughs> do that so i mean it's not like a huge loss or anything it's just how i guess you know society evolves over time you know we're not going to need a lot of skills that we have now but that doesn't mean that um you know we won't have better opportunities i guess i don't know <laughs> i don't think memorizing something's that huge of a accomplishment i just am kind of weird as all i consider it so but i also don't have the numbers in my phone memorized so i guess i'm <laughs> uh slacking a yeah. bit in that regard. <laughs> I know my mom's but I think that's it cuz she calls me like twice a day so B- oh. 
Puppy break. He's still there. What's up, bud? So, have you... Uh, do you find your good memory helpful while you learn, when you learn, try to learn new languages? Mm, yeah, most of my memory seems to be with numbers, though. Language is different. You know, there's every language has different rules. So, yeah. most of my memory comes from numbers and, like, sequ sequ sequences. Um, at work, I learn, like, a lot of code numbers and phone numbers, extension numbers, things like that. Okay. Um, but language, I think, just comes from um, patterns and, you know, you know you just, patterns, yeah, yeah, and definitions and, you know, the root Practice. of the word. <laughs> and a lot of things are Latin-based, but if yeah. it's not Latin-based, then um, it's a little bit more difficult. Like, I was trying to learn Korean, and Korean is very literal uh, with their words. And I guess French is too, kind of. French, is, French can be kind of literal, but, like, Korean's really interesting. Like, when I was learning... I think it was goodbye. Mm -hmm. The translation, like in, like Korean to English translation is go safely. But okay. that's what they mean for goodbye is go safely. <laughs> go safely <laughs> to wherever you're going. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of different. Okay. I think you also have to put a lot of more want into, like, people who learn languages have, you know, a reason for it and will more than likely use it. Learning numbers is like, you know, there's not as much of a motivation to do it. Saying, you know, like a language is way cooler than saying, you know, pie to a hundred places. People just think you're weird if you say that. But if you say, oh, I speak French, then they're super impressed. So, Did you know that in, in, in Konkani, we, we, don't, we, we, we don't say goodbye. Like, you don't say bye because that's considered rude or inauspicious. Hmm. So we say, huh. I'll, I'll come again or I'll be back. Yeah, that's nice. I get yeah. that. Bye is, bye is very, yeah, it's like, very terminal. definite. Like, as in, I don't want to see you again. Yeah. Mm, I get that. So, okay. Uh, like those since you dramatic, mentioned Korean, I, I want Korean. to ask. Yeah, okay. You were saying something. No, no. I was just saying it kind of, I guess it kind of ties into like if you watch those dramatic romance movies where it's like, don't say goodbye. Just say, I'll see you later. You know? <laughs> like, they always have those moments in movies where they're like, harping on the word goodbye but anyway <laughs> yeah korean yeah so what came first you're you wanting to learn korean or your love for korean or you, the mm. when you discovered the band uh, bts it, well i didn't discover bts first um i started listening to k-pop in 2010 mm -hmm. with a group called girls generation and so I didn't have like any knowledge of Korean or Korean culture or anything like that um, until I started listening to the music. And then obviously you listen to Kenny, you have to think, well, what is what does all this mean? Because they could be singing about satanic stuff or, you know, um, vulgar things. So, yeah, BTS was not the first band I listened to. I started with a group called Girls Generation or Sonoshide. Okay. And then but how, how, um, how did you get introduced to K-pop? It was YouTube. It was um, YouTube. They so K-pop has a different kind of um, their popularity and the way that they market themselves and their music is completely different than than the Western, I guess, music industry. So they're really based off of views on YouTube. And so I saw this video that had like a lot of views, millions of views, mm -hmm. um, more views than like our music videos get. Because in the Western 
culture, music videos are not a big deal anymore. Like, people hear Taylor Swift every day, but they don't see her music video on YouTube as much. Okay. K-pop, it's completely different. Their um, popularity comes from the music videos. They spend millions on it, millions and millions of dollars on the music videos to be watched and to be viewed. And so I saw a music video on YouTube, and I was like, this is weird. I remember thinking, this is weird, and then I didn't think about it anymore. And But then I somehow just started, I went down this rabbit hole of, like, watching it and being curious about, like, well, why is this popular? You know, because at first you can be kind of judgmental about things, I guess. So, like, I was probably pretty judgmental and um, thought, well, this is stupid. But then I got kind of sucked into the rabbit hole. And then I started liking it. And then I started listening to other groups. And 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 it just went from there. I'm 10 years in now. So, <laughs> traveling all over the country, you know, listening to their groups. So, um, yeah, then, it wasn't yeah, BTS, BTS at first. But then, yeah, I started... So once you start listening to the music, you want to start learning the language and then you start watching the TV shows and then you start learning the culture and the food. And and it's a huge thing now. It's um, it's a huge wave. It's actually called the Hollywood wave Um, More people actually are interested in it. And it's got a huge Hollywood, H-A-L-L-Y-U. What does it mean? It's this wave. It, It's it just means like this, you know, the wave of Korean. Korean you know, culture, culture and, okay. Mm-hmm. I think the the, the that, K-pop that's industry the, that's is the, really that's opened up. That's the English up. term for in. Uh, I mean, that's the term you use. No, in... that's not like the direct translation. It's the actual what they call it. But it's just that you know that that wave that K-pop has really opened for not just their music but their culture. You know, their their TV shows are now on Netflix because people you know, all over the world watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really, they're really cheesy, but then you kind of get sucked into them too. Um, it's become a lot more popular over the past, like three or four years now. Um, there's like special events that happen in my country and in like Europe and um, other parts of Asia that are specifically for Korean music and Korean culture. They're called K-Cons. Um, mm-hmm. They happen like all over the country where people, you know, go to see K-pop artists, but also get, like, K-pop, I mean, Korean TV shows and makeup and learn about stuff like that. And it's a huge business. And it started because of K-pop, because K-pop got so popular. So now their industry is nuts. You know, everybody wants a taste of K-pop and Korean stuff. So it's kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, it started for me in 2010, I guess. Do you still practice your Korean? Not so much. I don't have a lot of time. It's one of those things where you really have to practice it. But at the same time, when you listen to the music a lot, you like start to recognize the words. Okay, so so you are at that level where you can pick up a certain a yeah, few words and then kind stuff. of figure and out what was, the sentence means or what the emotion Yeah, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Okay. And that comes even okay, from before yeah, learning it that you can you can pick that up from listening to the music because they all kind of have like a similar foundation mm-hmm. um, for what the lyrics are about most of the time. So okay. yeah, you can pick that up pretty easily without even having to learn it. Okay. Um, I just haven't really touched on it a, a lot this past year. So I assume you are you're active on uh, fan forums or, or stuff like that, which uh... Uh, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's <laughs> technically the Twitter's technically the forum and Reddit, I guess, for like K-pop stuff. I mean, there's some websites, but some of them aren't that reliable. 
as far as like news and information and stuff like that. So yeah, if if you need any kind of uh, forum for K-pop, just just go to Twitter because there's a, a fandom that's okay. trending something every day. It's literally a mission to trend something for your group every day. You know, if it's a member's birthday, they'll trend. You know, it's Junho's birthday, or if it's you know the anniversary of an album, they'll trend a specific phrase. When it's when it's a award season in korea mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing there's award season where like for the first three months of the year there's like these back-to-back awards mm-hmm. you know like we have the grammys and the oscars and the emmys right. and the yeah. mtv awards and the billboard they have the same thing in korea and so a lot of the awards are fan voted off of twitter and so twitter will be brutal it will be a bloodbath on twitter about trending stuff and it's kind of crazy. People actually stress about it. Like, oh, no, it's almost award season. I'm going to have to tweet a lot. <laughs> so, but that's how it kind of works uh, for K-pop. And again, it's different. It's completely different than the Western, like how we do things. Because, you know, our award shows are like leisurely events. And Korea award shows are battles of like who can show their fandom the most love. And, you know, they spend money differently and they produce things differently and they are worshipped differently mm-hmm. um, than than in the Western world. So it's a kind of interesting yeah. aspect on how things are popular here and how things are popular there. Okay, so, so, okay. so I don't have a segue to go, but then I'll just jump directly. So this is similar to your passion for K-pop. Let's talk about... Harry Potter because that's how we <laughs> know each other. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what's Harry Potter? I do you remember when you got introduced or when at what age you you I mean which book did you first read or which movie or what? I I read the first book. I remember I remember specifically getting the first book. Um I What year was it? What what how old were you? Well, I don't I was I was let's see. Okay, I know where I was living, so let me backtrack. I was living in Pearl and I bought the first and the second book together. So this was probably after after kind of the second book came out. And I hadn't read the first or the second book yet. Because I bought the first and the second book at a yard sale uh-huh. from my neighbor. Um, and I had been wanting to read the books. But I don't think my mom would let me get the books. How old was I? Gosh, I can't so remember. You, yeah, I, was in fourth or fifth, you... I was in fourth or fifth grade. I was probably 10 or 11. And I bought the books for the first and second books from my neighbor's yard sale. She was getting rid so of this them. this before the third book for, came out. Before the third book came out. And so I bought them for like $3 for both of them. So and I read before, them. And, no, you can't. It's before 2000, right? Uh, I think you're really I, I young. Not, not 10. You, can't, you couldn't have been 10. I'm 28 now. So 18. Well, I was probably 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. I know where I was living, so I was, and I, that was before sixth grade. So I was it had to be in fourth or fifth grade, which is ten or eleven. How old was I in fourth? Or, I don't know, Nevi. I just know. fourth or fifth I, grade is like nine because so I was I was, I was twelve when I was introduced, and that is two thousand one. And okay. that, and then the fourth book was already out. So maybe I was eight or nine, maybe. Yeah, that's math. Yeah, math exactly. is hard. Yeah, and so I read the first and second book, like, marathoned it straight Mm -hmm. through, like, didn't stop. And then, so I was just hooked from there. And I think, you know, from then on, I, like, started counting down when the next book would come out. Um, And let's see, which book was it? So when it became popular, you know, it was, like, I think later on, towards the, 
like the fifth and sixth, seventh book, they started having like those overnight, at least here they did. Yeah. They had those yeah, yeah, yeah. release, they, release parties overnight. Yeah. So I started, I started going to those to get like the book at midnight when it released. And then I would read it. And my goal would be to read it before the day was over, like in, tw- <laughs> in 24 hours. Okay. And I did it for, I did it for the fifth and the sixth book, the seventh book. I tried that and I, my head hurt too, too much to finish it like in one day. And my parents thought it was stupid. They're like, you're going to ruin your book because you're rushing through it. And I was like, I know, but I want to read it now. <laughs> so. So you always had a, had a <laughs> okay, completely bored. No, you heard something. He's so bored. <laughs> yeah. He's waiting for me to go back inside. So the, the what, what were you saying? Yeah, no. Uh, so you always had something. I mean, you always had a, like reading was your hobby. The fact that you, you went and mm-hmm. picked the Harry Potter books before it was a thing meant that. I guess um, it, yeah, I guess it wasn't like a thing yet. Cause I mean, it was like their second book had been released for a little while, I think. So I don't know. I can't remember quite like how popular and how mainstream it had become. I don't know if it hit that point until maybe the fourth or the fifth book, maybe. Yeah, I can't I remember think, uh, like when uh, it was for, like as far as I remember thing. because I was uh, introduced to it through my sister and then I remember is the fourth book coming out in 2001 and then a few months later the first movie came out and mm-hmm. so I read the fourth book first and then I watched the first movie and then it was a weird sequence and then yeah because there was mm-hmm. a big gap right between the fourth book and yeah. the f- fifth book when I think Rowling got got married and she had this uh, writer's block and she took a break basically mm-hmm. and that's when the yeah, I think uh, she series had, she of had mentioned, movies like, came some out talks with like yeah i think she had mentioned like some talks about depression even yeah, like through yeah, yeah. and i think you can see that in the fifth book because there's a huge transition from the fourth and the fifth book in the storyline yeah, where yeah. like i have to i have to like prepare myself to watch the fifth movie or if i read the fifth book i need to reread the series again but there's you know like it gets dark in the yeah, fifth yeah, book. Yeah. Like if I know people that read the series, I've, t- I've told them like, look, book four is the last like fun you're going to have reading these, this series because five, six and seven are not fun. They're like, they get in some, yeah, some darker it's a stuff big shift in the storyline. The there's a yeah. big shift. So yes. that's probably the point in her life where things probably, I think she had like some struggles with depression or something. Maybe, maybe, maybe I think yeah. she talked I mean, about it. It was reported as, her having writer's block and she took a break from writing and she got Mm -hmm. married and stuff. But uh, yeah, that's how I remember it because, but there was not like, it was not like fans were missing out because the movies were coming out at the time. Mm -hmm. She was still getting money. He's just walking around now. Oh, he found a toy. He brought his leash. Oh, okay. He brought, no, that's his leash. (laughs) Rooney. That's his leash. He says, walk me, please. Yeah, so you're going to have to feature him in this uh, this video because he's been he's been right here the whole time. So then let's move to sports. Like we're Ooh. just talking about passion. So as far as I know, you like football, the American yes. version and uh, gymnastics. American that's, yes. That's two. Maybe there's more. But that this is how much if, I know. Yeah, like the ones I actively follow. Yeah. Now, if the Olympics come around, I do like watching other ones, but I don't like actively follow tennis. But if the Olympics are on, then I really like to watch tennis, mm-hmm. you know, okay. just as a, you know, sportsmanship thing, like go USA, let's 
you know, watch tennis. But yeah, no, I actively watch football because that's our bread and butter here. Um, and then gymnastics is a big thing. So you follow gymnastics around the year? I mean, without outside of the Olympics as well? Yeah. So a lot of the competitions here, at least in um, America, but um, I try to follow some international competitions outside of okay. the Olympics. They're kind of hard to watch though, because you can't find like, they, you have to find like their production company or whatever, their local channel. So you usually have to rewatch them on YouTube once they're released. Yeah, but I do yeah, follow they're... like a lot of the international um, athletes in the same sport because they're notorious for different things. Like Russia is known for certain um, skills that Americans aren't really good at and vice mm -hmm. versa, which comes into play in the Olympics a lot because it's all about strategy. It's not, I mean, it's a, obviously it's skill, but there's a lot of strategy involved in gymnastics. I don't think people um, notice. So like, yeah, Americans, it's not a, it's not, it's not a conventional sport, right? I mean, gymnastics mm -hmm. from, As far as for most people, I think they just follow it in the Olympics. Right. Even it's then, popular, it's just it's, mild curiosity. It's flashy. Who yeah. won gold or who, who yeah. won silver? There's there's a lot of strategy. The rules have changed a lot to try and like, you know, keep things fair and even. But there's um, a lot that plays into the scores and how things are calculated and how people perform. Even like the the roster and and which order you perform what form the whole competition like if you start vault is like a quick thing it's five seconds and it's over and then you have to wait a long time before you perform on the next apparatus which mm -hmm. is bars bars you don't use your legs at all you use your arms so if you can go in that order your body doesn't hurt as much as if you were going from floor to vault to bars i mean there's a lot that goes into it a lot Yeah. Um, and I think that's how certain teams have gotten so lucky is because honestly, not just from their skills and how they perform, but how, how lucky they get in their order they perform in and how they're trained, um, how their bodies are shaped. Honestly, a lot of it comes to body size because some gymnasts are really short and stocky like Simone Biles and she's powerful on certain things, but she's not graceful in certain things. If you look at Russians, Russians have these like long body lines. They're very um, delicate and like skinny and uh, tall. Mm -hmm. So they look differently and they perform differently and they fly in the air differently than another athlete. I mean, all those little things go, you know, hand in hand with how well you do at a competition. So I don't know. I think about it that way rather than, oh, they're wearing pretty leotards and they're flipping in the air you know it's not just that but you and then always like does well with. right in gymnastics um not all not always i mean we have since um we won the team in 2012 and 2016 we won the all around which is just one gymnast per, per country who competes on all the events okay and it's like the solo one best gymnast usa has won the all around since 2004 2004 was Carly Patterson, 2008 was Nastia Lukin, 2012 was Gabby Douglas, 2016 was Simone Biles. Um, before that, it was, um, or it used to be China and Russia, who were notoriously good at gymnastics, and they still are, but again, in different aspects, and it, and it 
it's come with changes to the rules. And so teams kind of learn how to adjust and to adapt to that to benefit their team. Usually the, t- the top eight has always been the same. Usually the top eight teams, I should But say. Isn't that gymnastics compete. the kind of sport where you have to start really young to, you, to mm-hmm. get that kind yeah. of uh, perfection and, you know, to reach that level where you can compete at an, at the Olympic level and actually win. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts really young. I think people start at like three or four years old, you know, build the skill set and it's a lot of muscle memory. That's and, also um, another thing that I, I always wondered and I have to ask you because by not just gymnastic, I'm just going to extrapolate it to all sports, USA and China, uh, the, you know, they all, the two countries always take the bulk of medals in the Olympics. If you, if you look at the go uh, point of mm-hmm. the medal table mm-hmm. in every olympics and quantity or just golds in general yeah, yeah it's exactly. usually so yeah so how is it and and these athletes are usually in their uh, teens or early 20s right mm-hmm. and they've already put in years of they're they're already professionals at that point so that means they're all of these people uh, these kids are were spotted early really young and so how what do you think is that is it that makes usa and china the leaders in uh, money is it Probably money or, money. or do mean, you think it's, it's we, the well, we, infrastructure it's well, you know, we put a lot schools of or, we put a lot of money we put a lot of focus on like um not we i mean i, I don't want to speak for my country but there's a like a big focus on you know in school everyone kind of has a sport mm-hmm. or has some okay. kind of um physical ability i would say china probably spends more money in their athletics or like focus certain people and it could it could tie back into what i said about dogs like some people are just naturally um good at a certain thing they're they have a high cardio level so they may be more inclined to run or to play soccer um I, but it also yeah you but know, there so also needs to be a system which identifies the, the this these certain particular skills in these kids at that young age right so do you think it's yeah, the parents I mean, or of, is it the what does that like is it the schools yeah we have a lot of it could come from the schools but we also have like a lot of pro leagues where these kids grow up idolizing you know michael phelps right. or whoever's their you know their person in that field and they idolize these people and they want to be like them right. um and then we also have the avenues to get them there um you have to spend a lot of money to do it but um you know it's also the people willing to take those risks i think to put the money into it and to push their kid probably not in the best ways all the time because if you try to get to that level it's not always like a happy clean thing where you know you work hard and you always get what you want and you get to the olympics but it comes from i think equal parts of money and want and drive and then having the resources yeah. like training facilities yeah. or the nutrition or also matters yeah uh okay i think we are near to an hour i think i've got my material oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it what's just is there something rain, one so thing that uh about you that we haven't we you think we don't know and all these years i've never broken a bone I don't know how interesting that is. I've never broken anything. Oh, okay. Um that that's quite interesting. I now I have gotten hurt several times, but I haven't broken anything yet. I don't know. Oh, I'm scared of the ocean. Like terrified of the ocean. 
but you do know how to swim. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I'm not scared of swimming. I just don't like the ocean. Okay. Like I will so not swim, go, but not in the will, ocean. So maybe in just I will not water. go above my knees in the ocean anymore. Never. I'm terrified. Anymore. That means you have you've been in the ocean before. Yes. And I was stung by a jellyfish and it hurt. Okay, so that yeah, that, and, so that's that's the factor. Okay. And I have PTSD and I also think that sharks are always going to eat me as soon as I get into the ocean. It's this irrational fear of like are something always coming to get me. Where you are? There are sharks in the ocean, Nevi. No, I mean are, are there sharks <laughs> in in, in the yes. beaches where in wherever you live, I mean in the yes. state. Yes, in the Gulf of Mexico, my state the beaches the gulf of mexico and there are, are sharks yes there are okay we have sharks and we also have alligators in the, um in, in the, the lakes in the lakes oh, okay okay and so yeah. i won't swim i won't swim in water that i can't see through so if i'm in the bahamas and i can see through the ocean then i'll swim in the ocean but if i can't see through it i'm not getting in it nope can't yeah. do it yeah that makes sense perfect sense okay so before we wrap this up How many countries have you visited? Do you have a list uh, or just two? No, really? just two. <laughs> yeah, I haven't traveled anywhere. I just save up for like two years to get to France. So I'm trying to go to Canada to visit some friends, but um, this whole virus thing, so I can't travel. Yeah, yeah, but but Canada will probably be next because it's easiest and it's cheapest to get there, and okay. I don't have to pay in order to stay. But yeah, I've only visited France. So do you have a wish list kind of sort of thing where you're going to be like I want to be mm-hmm. So you like traveling. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I love traveling. Um I love flying. So Oh yeah, of course. I'm you you live in this big country where uh, you have the only sometimes the only way to get from one corner to another is by flying. Mhm. Yeah, we have to. Do you have <laughs> so. a list of states at least where you have been? How many states have you been from your in your Oh country? gosh, yeah. I've been to I mean, big, I haven't been to ballpark. I mean, rough number. I haven't been to probably as many as people, other people have, but I've probably been about twenty states now. But that's I that's still a big huge. New York. You've covered a big area, right? Twenty states is. Yeah, I think. But then again, some. But then again, some of those have only been like airports, so that doesn't really count. I don't think. Mm, yeah. Well, no, I've been I've been to every city that I've been through at airport. Yeah, I haven't been to New York or California, but I've been to. like the majority of the south and chicago illinois that's the far well seattle washington and chicago illinois are the farthest north i've been um so mm-hmm. but i haven't been to pretty much the west other than washington state um i haven't been to the west part of the country yet so yeah but that's fine this is still a lot of because each state i think is is as big as a country in europe so yeah so that's that's okay <laughs> All right. So Bernie's still here. Was... Oh, what happened to the leash? Did he wear it? <laughs> it's it's beside him. Oh, it's so it's just He <laughs> looks so sad. Bernie. He's scratching. Bernie. <laughs> All right. Now yeah, yeah, you can you can go be with him now. So that this was fun. Uh <laughs> my camera fell down. It was. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you for this and see you. Bye-bye. Bye. That is one big pile of shit. Pehle video like kare fir subscribe kare. Ting 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 ting.
Ready? I'm trying to do my introduction here. That's my blanket. Seriously?